بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا ما يهدي الله فلا مضل له وما يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. Our topic of discussion is called internally generated happiness. This is another very beautiful topic, so that we can discuss and see what we can do to better our lives. You know, to have the good life to live the life that we have come here to live. We have come to this world to live a life. And it is very important for everybody to try and make effort so that whenever it is time for us to die, so that we can die alive. You know what that means? Yes, so that we can die alive. You don't have to have died before death comes. So whatever you do, please die alive. When the time comes, let it be that you are not just living, you are also thriving. Not that you are just surviving, but you are also thriving. That is very, very essential. Don't press pause on your life until when everything becomes okay. Because what is life? Life is what you are doing while you are planning for life. Life is what you are doing when you are planning for future. Life is now, now, as we are here now. We are living the life now. It's not something after this lecture or something tomorrow. This one, it is the life we are living. There's no serious part of life or unserious part of life. There's no official part of life and unofficial part of life. You understand what I mean? There's no, okay, I'm, okay let me live my life officially now. Okay, now I'm serious. I'm alive now. No, there's nothing like the serious part of life and the unserious. It is all life. How do we live it? And that's why one of the things that will make life to be worth the while is happiness. You see people go to work every day. They struggle to survive. Somehow, they all want to exist. They want to, they want to grow. However, they are not happy. So what does it mean to be happy? It's a feeling, it's an emotion just like many other emotions that are general to humanity, generally. We talk about sadness, we talk about happiness, we talk about love, there's hate, there's envy, jealousy, all of those are feelings and emotions that we have. Sometimes they may be connected with some things we experience, sometimes they are not directly connected with our experiences. Sometimes the nerves, in our bodies, they don't even know that you, are, that you are feeling happy or feeling sad. Biologically, nothing changes. It is the way we feel that determines whether we are actually happy or not sometimes. There are some signs and symbols of happiness. Laughter, maybe, maybe not, all the, not all the time, maybe one of the symptoms of happiness. Smiling a lot may be one of the manifestations of happiness. And some other uh, expression of pleasant feelings may all be um, indications of happiness. But when we say indication, sometimes it can be direct um, uh, pointer to the feeling of happiness. And sometimes some people can fake it. They can pretend to be happy when they are not really, really happy. We are going to ask a lot of questions today than answer them like you normally do. and. Um, what is it that we can understand by happiness? Some people say it is um, the supreme good that a person should strive to attain to. It is as if it is everything that we are here in this world to achieve. Some people in the modern world, they look at happiness as everything that you can attain to, especially where they look at things as being hedonistic. That means everything is all about pleasure, everything is about happiness. Even when people get married, we say happy married life because we expect that marriage should make them to be happy. When somebody has just bought a new car or built a new house, we want to rejoice with them because we believe 
that is supposed to be a pointer to happiness. It's supposed to be something that should make you happy. Somebody just gave birth to a child, we expect that, yes, that should be an indication for happiness. We have some of these indications, we have some of these pointers. The only painful part of it is these manifestations or these pointers are not always direct indicators of happiness. Sometimes it is real and sometimes it is, it is fake. In modern time, some people look at happiness as, okay, it can be a collective project, meaning that when there is no planning of the government, when there are no economic resources, when there are no scientific or technological advancements, individuals cannot go far with happiness. Meaning that if there's war, if there's famine, you cannot be talking about happiness. People in those countries where you hear they are shelling each other and bombing each other, there is nobody there who can say that he is happy. No matter how much you want to generate your own happiness internally, some of these external things that are going on around you, they will not allow you to be happy, perhaps. And if, if there's no economic welfare, that is, if there's economic crisis in your country or your environment, if there's no adequate health care in your country, you are likely to be miserable. You may not feel happy at all. And uh, without a good, kind, healthy, and righteous spouse, marriages will not go far with happiness. In other words, without good, healthy, and God-fearing children, happiness might be truncated. What do we mean by this? It doesn't always follow. Sometimes some people believe that when everything around you is okay, you should be happy. You should be happy. But sometimes, no matter how much you want to be happy from within, when you have turbulence all around you, the happiness may be very, very far-fetched, no matter how much you try. And some people will say, yes, you have to be happy from within yourself, but it's not as easy as that. It is, it is not as easy. Happiness is very simple, but simple is different from easy. Things that can make somebody to be happy, they might be very simple things, but to say that some things are simple doesn't mean that they are easy to come by or to achieve. If you observe very well, countries measure their success by the size of their territory, by the size of their population growth, and by their GDP, as they say, but not by happiness of their citizens. Countries, they say, we are successful people, we are developed countries. They do all of that on by technological things and some other tangible and physical achievements, but not necessarily by how happy the people are. Because industrialized nations, like some of those who normally hear their names and so on and so forth, they have gigantic systems of education from primary to tertiary and so on and so forth so that the people can be educated enough to be able to read the news, to be able to listen to the news, and to be able to use their certificates to work so they educate their people very well. But that doesn't mean that their people will be happy at the same time. Countries where they have good health, good health facilities with vaccinations, with hospitals and so on and so forth, Sometimes they put those things in place so that they can be healthy enough to work and serve their nation. And with all of the welfare that they have, these systems are aimed at strengthening their nation rather than ensure individual happiness or well-being. They don't care about your personal happiness. All they care is to put everything in place. Even some of the ones that people put in place in order to take care of the interests of the nation, you will get to observe that it is more for national development, not individual happiness. They are not bothered about individual happiness. In other words, the state is not responsible for individual happiness. You are the one that has to make your own happiness by yourself. Countries where they have very low level of poverty, and they have very low level of political instability, sometimes they commit suicide more than countries that are supposedly poor when it comes to material resources, 
when it comes to technological advancement and development. So if somebody was looking for happiness in having all of those things around, we are so disappointed that we cannot always be sure that when there's power, when there's economic growth, when there's financial stability, when there's political stability, we cannot be sure that that will guarantee happiness for people. Because some people, it's after they have attained to all of these things that one country now began to subsume another country. That is when some people begin to overpower another, another people. And that is when some people decide to commit suicide because they no longer see what else is there to look for in life. Money, they have money. Wealth, they have wealth. Properties, they have a lot of properties in plural form. Yet, they don't see any meaning in life again. Some of them become nihilists. They see, well, what's the end of it all? What else? What else do I want? If you are sick, there are 300 hospitals that will look after you free of charge. Yet, it is not the same thing as being happy. So some people say happiness can be psychological sometimes. That means it depends on expectations rather than the objective conditions. Happiness is just in your head. We don't become satisfied by leading a peaceful and prosperous existence. Rather, we become satisfied when our realities match our expectations. When our realities and expectations, when they go in the same way. You expect something and that's what you get. Then that is when you psychologically, you feel happy. Incidentally, improvement in a person's condition translates to greater expectations rather than contentment. This is to say that one interesting aspect of human behavior is that the more you begin to get improvement in what you want, the more you want more. To say that you will have abundance is not a guarantee that you'll be contented. Rather, it will excite your expectations more. The more wealth you have, the more you want to acquire. There's hardly people who used to say this. I don't know those of you who have experienced it. There's hardly anybody that is wealthy that will not want more. There's hardly anybody who is healthy that will not want more. There's hardly anybody who will be in a position that will not want either more of that position or a perpetuation of that position. No matter one thing you have now, you will begin to want more. So rather than for you to get to a state of happiness, you still think there's something ahead that you have not attained to. So while looking for more things, you forget to be happy with the things you already have acquired. And this is very, very disappointing. And that's why when people talk about contentment that most of you have mentioned, that is a very serious thing for people to look for. Mind you, there's a difference between contentment and complacency. You can be contented with, being, with not doing well sometimes. And that's why we say most of these things are psychological. A state of happiness is not a destination to say, yes, I've reached where I should be happy now. People can say you should be happy, but the question is, are you really happy? Is there anything that can satisfy a child of Adam that will make him to be happy? To the extent that we say, yes, you have reached that level, then you should remain like that forever. Aha. Biologically also, both our expectations and our happiness are determined by our biochemistry rather than by our economic or social or political situation. What does this mean? According to the life sciences, happiness and suffering are nothing but different balances of our bodily sensations. We are just feeling, we never react to events in the outside world, but only to sensations in our own bodies. It is not what you see that is the source of happiness, it is how you react to it that determines whether you are happy. A person has a very fast car, beautiful car, he is not happy. If that car was to be enough to make him happy, maybe we should just double the car, get him extra. So that you'll be happy, happier, and then we can measure the happiest a person can get, right? We should be able to, so the, the, the biologists, that's um, natural science, they say, look, all of these things is just you reacting. Happiness doesn't lie anywhere. You can't go to somebody's house and be checking under the table and say, I'm looking for happiness. Please, do you have happiness under the, under the chair there? They say, check in the bedroom. Look under the bed, whether you find happiness there. 
there may be happiness all around, but how do you feel about it? That is what, according to some people, determine happiness. We are only just looking for sensations. Whether these sensations are, are pleasant or unpleasant, that's what we are looking for, according to them. Pleasant sensation. And that's why some people think you can be happy when you pursue pleasure. You know, pleasure is from the word pleasant. Something is pleasant. If it is pleasant, it means it gives you pleasure. That's why you feel that it is pleasant. Or you believe that it is pleasant, that's why it gives you pleasure. So your sensation is a sensation of a pleasantness or the pleasure that you derive. What if some things are nice, but they don't give you any pleasure? You don't see what people see in them. They don't, they don't give you any pleasure per se. What if some things can look very good, but you don't really have any pleasure in it? If you want to feel those wonderful pleasures again and again, that means you get more, right? Let's say you want to get promotion in your place of work. Now you are promoted, hey, then they add 2,000 naira to your salary. Then you'll be very happy within that time. Then later you just feel, ah, I still need more promotion. That sensation of happiness, the day you receive your letter of promotion, cannot last beyond certain time. After a while, the next thing is, okay, I, I think I'm looking for the next promotion. And that's why humans are very funny kind of creatures. You know how we behave. The kind of um, happy sensation we feel when somebody gives us money is not as much in proportion to the level of sadness we feel if we should lose the same money. Does anybody understand what I mean? What you feel with regards to a happy sensation, if somebody should dash you 100K, it will be times two of that in terms of sadness if somebody should steal your 100K. The euphoria you feel when you gain resources or when you get something that you think makes you happy, it's going to be times two of sadness if you lose the same thing. Now you see why some people complain more when they lack than they feel happy more when they have. Somebody that's supposed to be jumping up and down every day and be rolling on the ground thanking Allah for good health. The day he loses that health, he will behave as if what Allah has taken from him is much more than that health. In fact, he will not even appreciate any other thing again that Allah has done for him. All his complaint is, why did Allah take this health from me? Now, matters of happiness also behave that way. The kind of joy you feel when you just buy a new car is very small compared to the time, type of, of sadness you feel if that car is stolen from you. How happy are you holding your phone and making use of your phone? How happy are you? If somebody should steal that phone, you'll be so sad that it will be worse in proportion to the happiness you have holding your phone right now as we speak. It is then you remember all the data on your phone, all the contacts on your phone. How will you regain this uh, data back? How will you regain your SIM card back? How will you regain all the apps you've already downloaded? How, how, how? All of those things, you become jittery. You become sad and depressed. But you are supposed to be very happy that you are holding the phone, but you don't feel it. This is how interesting children of Adam are. But let me tell you, some people find their ways to rig the system. You know what I mean? You know we said there's psychological and there's also biological um, considerations when it comes to matters of what gives us happiness and why or how do we get happy. What rigging the system means is if science is right and our happiness is determined by our biological or chemical system, you know, as in the dopamine, the serotonin that your body secretes and you make yourself or you feel happy because of that, then the only way is to manipulate the human biochemistry. How do you do that? This is exactly what people have begun to do in the last few decades. They manipulate the chemistry of what they feel and what makes them to feel like that. So people now resort to what we refer to as stimulants. Things that can stimulate you, 
drugs and substances that can enhance performance and displace the blues depression. And that is why you see that we begin to adjust a lot of things. People begin to take drugs, right? And they feel some temporary high when they take those drugs. The drugs interact with the chemical compositions in our system. And serotonin or dopamine, some of those, um, some of those chemicals that makes us to feel happy, they try to kind of inject it into themselves and they feel happy. And that's what they mean by feeling high. They feel some kind of contentment, they feel some kind of peace, so to speak. Now, if we are talking about internally generated happiness, you know, that is not one of them. Some people would even say, dance, 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 and forget your sorrow. You remember that? You haven't you heard somebody sing like that before? I went to Lagos sometime, I heard somebody sing like that. Can anybody dance and forget their sorrow? <laughs> well, maybe. That's a shortcut. When you finish dancing, what happens to your sorrow? <laughs> Some people say drink. Drink alcohol and forget your sorrow. Drink and forget your sadness. And truly, when they drink, they will now begin to laugh some kind of laughter. Have you seen somebody drunk before? They laugh in some ways. They do some things, and they feel very happy within themselves. Some will be singing on top of their voices. Some, some will even get into the middle of the road and start dancing. When he has drunk alcohol, he has lost his senses, and he is able to generate certain kind of fake happiness, the kind of happiness that he is not even really conscious of. Yes, and he will do all of those things. Yeah. They will say, yes, he's very happy now. Some people, you need to look at them. When they are drinking alcohol, like this, gradually, gradually, you see, you just start smiling. You begin to smile. You begin to crack some jokes that are not, that can't make anybody to laugh and laugh at back. So cheating the system, that is what human beings do. Sometimes we begin to adjust things. Education, for instance. We adjust educational system. We adjust the teachers. We even adjust the parents so that the pupils can be happier. Yet, it doesn't stop the pupils from scoring low grades. Because the kind of children that we are trying to bring up, we don't know how to make them happy. And we have missed the point on the kind of things that should make them to be happy. Allah Akbar. We play cartoon for children from morning to night. So that they'll be watching cartoon and be laughing at whatever the cartoon characters are making them to feel. But are these children really happy? Or they are just being entertained? If you are looking for happiness in entertainment, you may find it temporarily. But it may not really enhance the reality of the human beings that you are. Those days, we tell children to go play outside. Children will play with their friends. They will play with real blood and flesh human beings. They learn to stay together. They learn to laugh together. They learn to play together. They learn to crack some jokes together. So these things kind of enhance the human feelings in them and the kind of dopamine that their body secrets is real and original. But now you tell a child to go and play, people will say, eh, what is wrong with you? And who's to be lying? You tell your child to go and play outside. Eh? Then it's as if you have done something so, you know, something so unworthy. How can you ask children to go and play outside? Where do we find happiness from then? If all the children do are all indoors and for them to be entertained. In other words, we are trying to beat the system to suit the kind of environments we have created for ourselves. Whatever thing we are trying to, we are trying to effect or we are trying to achieve by this, are we, is it working? Are we succeeding? Are we getting it? Some of us believe that we can be happy when we have more money. So we work harder and harder and harder, trying to get more money, trying to get more money. The more money we get, the more responsibilities we have. And the more responsibilities we have, the less we're able to even enjoy the money and the less we feel happy. People get stressed up even while they work, by the work itself that they are doing in order to get more money to get happiness. Do you see where trying to cheat the system has put us in trouble now? You want more money, right? So that you can afford to buy more things that can make you to be happy. But the process of getting that money will not even allow you to enjoy the things that you want to buy with the money.
You may buy it eventually, but you only have the time to enjoy it. You buy nice dresses, you keep them in your wardrobe. You build a very good house, but you, can, you hardly sleep inside because there are many things that you have to travel all around to achieve some more. So you now wonder, where's that happiness I was looking for? It's like a mirage. I thought when I get there, I should be happy. I thought when I've changed my car, I should be happy. I thought when I've got another house, I should be happy. I thought when I've got promotion, I should be happy. I thought when I start a new business, I should be happy. Now you get there now, you can't find the happiness. Here's the problem now. Where exactly is this happiness, even though we are trying to beat the system? There's happiness and there's pleasure. Are they the same thing? Do they lead to the same thing? Does one lead to another? To attain real happiness, you might need to slow down in pursuit of pleasant sensations. Sometimes we may just have to slow down and re-examine what is it that brings this happiness that we are talking about. There are many factors of happiness, but the question we want to ask first and foremost is where, where, where lies real happiness in life? Where do we find real happiness that can be lasting? Where can we get to and we know that we have reached the state of happiness that we dream of, the state of happiness that we look for. How come, every stage and every level we get to, we still find that the people that we met there are not any happier than we are. What do you want to be? What do you want to become? How many dresses does it make to be happy? How many shoes do you need to be happy? How many cars do you need to buy to be happy? If I bought the most expensive cars you can ever think about, then you see somebody that has a private jet. And you wonder. Now your limousine has driven you to the airport. You still have to join the general aircraft that other people are flying in. Okay. These factors, people talk about factors of happiness, meaning that what, what are the essentials to happiness? What are the essential things that you should have? What are the ways and means of attaining to happiness? What gives rise to happiness? What creates happiness? What causes happiness? What contributes towards happiness? And what are the roads to happiness so that we can go the same way? All of these things, they point to the same thing. It is the human quest for happiness. We are looking for happiness. Some people are looking for it, you know, consensuously. The, the thing is, if you find what can lead to happiness, if you find what can create happiness, can you recognize it? If you recognize it, can you sustain it? Can you maintain it? Is it in your hands? If money is what will give you happiness, can you just make money? Can you just get rich? and get happy at the same time. There are many opinions concerning happiness. Let's look at a few of these opinions, then we'll now come back to some other things that we do that may not lead to happiness for us. Somebody said, once you have virtue, once you are modest, once you are upright, once you have very good sense of values, and when you have very good sense of ethical judgment, you should be happy. That's what some people said. You should be happy. Do you agree with that? Some people said happiness and joy of living, they don't lie in money or wealth, but they lie in truth. If you live a truthful life, they believe you may likely be happy. Do you agree with them? If you don't deceive yourself, if you don't pretend to be what you are not, if you don't try to please the Joneses, if you don't try to impress others, they believe that you are likely going to be happy. If you are not too much bothered and concerned with what people are going to say, they believe that you may likely be happy. Do you agree with them? Allah Akbar. Happy people are those who endure their mysteries and they conceal them. Do you agree? Happy people are those who have sense of endurance. Everybody goes through their trials, but those who are truly happy are those people who are able to endure whatever hardship they go through. Do you agree? Some people believe that passion is a source of human happiness. If you are passionate about something, then you should be happy with what you are passionate about. 
you have passion for something. It may not give you money. But the fact that you are pursuing the things of your passion, you are supposed to be happy. If your passion is to be a teacher and you are teaching, you may not be rich. But that doesn't mean you will not be happy. That's what some people say. What you do that gives you joy to help others, to assist others, to make others happy may be your passion. Once you have been able to discover that passion and you follow it, you are most likely supposed to be happy. This is what some people say. Then, some other people believe that unhappiness is caused by boredom. If you don't have anything to do, or you are doing something that is so, so wondrous and monotonous, then ennui may set in, you become bored and you become unhappy, no matter how nice that thing is. They say when there's boredom, you eat the same thing every day, after a while you get bored. You do the same thing every day, you become bored. You become pigeonholed and stereotyped, you become bored. When boredom comes, you will not find the happiness you are looking for. This is according to some people. And some people said the more you continue to develop your personality, the happier you are going to become. Some people also say happiness lies in freedom and responsibility. When you are free to do whatever you want to do, financial freedom, economic freedom, political freedom, if that's the case, freedom to do anything that you want to do, they say that's where you find happiness. Because no matter what you have or own, if you are not free, you are not going to be happy. Allah Akbar. And there's somebody who said this, I don't know if you believe in it. Somebody said happiness is the gift of Almighty Allah. Whatever effort you make, you cannot get it unless Allah gives it to you. Do you agree? Yes, happiness is a gift for some people. Did you notice that in some families, they are just happy people? In some other families, they are just miserable people. Is, is happiness inherited from our parents? Do we inherit it from our parents? Does it follow that if you have parents that are very, you know, very free, very happy, jovial, easygoing, you are most likely going to take it from them and you are most likely going to be happy. Have you noticed that? In some families, they are just a bunch of happy people. Anything they do, they celebrate. If one of them should sneeze like this, they will celebrate. If any of, if any of them should drink water, they will celebrate. If they want to eat food, food that is nothing to you, they will eat as if it's a feast, as if it's a kind of celebration. They laugh a lot, they joke a lot, and they also eat a lot. They may not have everything in the world, but when they are together, everybody is happy. And some families, everybody always looks towards the happiness of another person. You know what I mean? Everybody is always happy that somebody else is happy. And everybody is always doing things that make the other one to be happy. They go all out deliberately, doing and organizing things. Somebody will just organize a walima for you, surprise party for you. It's not that you are celebrating birthday or you are celebrating anything. They just say it's just a surprise to celebrate you. When was the last time somebody did that for you in your family? Mm -hmm. If nobody ever did that, or you people don't do that to your family. It's possible you, you are not part of this kind of families that always look for things to make each other happy. I remember somebody told me that the family called him and they lashed him, they, they talked to him that he has been embarrassing them. You see, this guy wants to marry and he's trying to marry a particular lady from a very wealthy family. So they all called him to a family meeting and they said he's embarrassing their family and they warned him never to do so next time. You know what he did? He drove to that family house with his car, and his car is a very low-level kind of car like that. So they bought a brand new E-Class for him. Hey, don't you like that kind of family? That kind of family that will say, no, Abba, no, you are too much for this. How can you be driving this kind of car? Look, you are not going home with this car. Take another one, Allah Akbar. And they just do that as surprise to make you happy. I wish you have families like that. Some other families, when they give birth to a child in that family, no matter how far, wherever you live, they will all come and look for you. They will attend the naming ceremony. They will bring gifts and they will cook food just to come and rejoice with you. If you are within that kind of family, there's nothing stopping you from being happy. Do you agree? 
<laughs> now, the thing is, is happiness inherited from our parents? Is happiness inherited from the people we grow around? Some other families, it is anxiety that they have from beginning to the end. Somebody is anxious, somebody is sad, somebody is wicked, somebody is miserable, another person is jealous, another person is envious, another person is fetish, another person is diabolical. Ah! All within one family. Happiness will be very far from them. Some families, they don't have all of these things, but they complain a lot. And they exaggerate a lot of things about their lives. Someone will just come out one day and say, ah, and then will start beginning to cry. What happened? I had a dream. What is a very bad dream? You see, the person is already beginning to put some energies into the family that is going to kill the happiness of that family. Some things you are supposed to crack into joke. Some things you are supposed to make into fun. You make a lot of drama out of it. Mm. Somebody will be like, how was your day? Ask, ask me, say, how was your day? Terrible. They give him food, they say, how was the food? He will say, horrible. When you see people don't have words to describe things, apart from the negative side of it, happiness will be very far from them. In other words, do you believe or do you agree that some people actually don't have the capacity to be happy because of the kind of words they use and because of the way they look at life? They don't see anything good in life. They don't see anything good in whatever anybody does. Their lives are full of drama. Real negative drama. If somebody goes to work and he comes back home only to meet his family with anger and aggression. They say, what happened? They say, today was the most terrible day of my life. So what happened now? I went to queue for fuel. For two hours, I was in the queue for fuel. People be like, ah, so, so is that what makes today to be a day when the heaven should fall down. Some other person will queue for four hours. You will get home and you will see crack a joke out of it. While in the queue, he's chatting with people, he's talking with people, he's enjoying himself, he's just having a nice time. I've seen some of the people in the queue for fuel before. He will come out of his car, be gisting with the person in another car. When the queue moves, you quickly enter his car, they will move forward, you will come out again, they continue with their gist. See, eh, sometimes this life seems to be what you make out of it. If you, if you want to agree with this kind of people, it's possible that it is just psychological. And sometimes it can be personal. It is your own personal way of looking at things that have made you to become what you become, whether you are going to be happy or you are going to be miserable. There are inner factors and there are outer factors to happiness. And I think um, in the passing, we've mentioned part of the outside, uh, outer factor. You know, some of the things that will happen and you feel this is supposed to be a factor to happiness. When we say factor, it's not a guarantee that will make you to be happy. External thing, health is one of them. Health is a factor of happiness. If you are healthy, you are supposed to be happy. Does anybody understand what I mean by this? Yes, if you have health, you can move around easily. You are supposed to be happy. If you have freedom, you are supposed to be happy. Some of those things that if they are taken away from you, you'll be miserable. When you have them, you should be happy. You have two eyes. You can see clearly. You should be happy. You can move around freely. You are supposed to be happy. As I'm speaking, you can hear what I'm saying. You shouldn't you be happy. You can do whatever you want to do. You can go wherever you want to go. You can eat whatever you want to eat. You are supposed to be happy. You should be happy. The things that if they are taken away from you should make you to be miserable when they are given to you. Why are you not happy? Now, see, it's psychological. It depends on what you are looking at. It depends on who you are. It depends on what you understand by your environment. Allah Akbar. Factors that lie within you and yourself, or let's say your house, your family, your health, your profession, 
and so on and so forth, all of those things that are expected to give you pleasure, they are also supposed to make you happy. And then factors that lie inside you this time around now, that is, I think your health is number one. Your way of thinking is another thing. Your peace of mind is another thing. The fact that you have intelligence is another thing. The fact that you are able to think for yourself is another thing. The fact that you can decide what you want to decide, all of these are very important. So the question I keep asking and asking is, does happiness depend on intelligence and education? If you are intelligent and educated, shouldn't you be happy? Should we pray for happiness? Should we make happiness a point of prayer or a prayer point? Or should we walk towards happiness? Happiness in life, does it depend on whom you marry? Can you be happy because of the person you have married? Or you have to make something out of your marriage? These are questions that you have to have answers for by yourself. In other words, are there real sources or conditions for happiness that we can explore? It is quite elusive to some extent because the same thing that gives you happiness is a source of sadness for another person. If the person is not contented and the person is not factoring or factorizing this happiness, if the person is not paying attention to the things that should make them to be happy, no matter what you do for that person, the person will still not be happy. May Allah have my son off. And finally, the last question I want to ask is, is being happy destined? Are we destined to be happy? Allah Akbar. I want you to listen to this uh, hadith in, in uh, Sahih Buhari. He said, Ali ibn Abi Talib said, we were at a funeral in the cemetery of Baqi al-Garqad when the Messenger of Allah came and sat down. So we came and sat around him and uh, he had a stick with him in his hand. Then the Prophet bowed his head and began to scratch the ground with the stick. As he was doing that, the Prophet said, Ma minkum, he was telling us, Ma minkum min ahadin, aw min nafsin manfu satin, illa kutiba makanuha min al jannati wa naa, wa illa kodi kutibat shakiyatan aw sa'idatan. Prophet said, there's not anyone amongst you, or there's no single soul that Allah has been created amongst you except that his place has been written in paradise or in hell. And it has been written whether he's going to be a happy person or a miserable person. Ah, when the prophet said this, a man said, Ya Rasulullah, should we just depend on what has been written for us and give up performing good deeds? Because whatever of us is of the people of happiness, it will surely be happy. And anybody that has been written among the people that have been miserable or sad, the person will always be sad no matter what he has and no matter what he does. And the prophet replied, Amma ahlu sa'ada fayyassiruna li amali ahli sa'ada wa amma ahlu shakor fayyassiruna ila amali ahli shakor Those people who have been, who are the people of happiness, they will always have the deeds of the people of happiness made easy for them. And as for those who are the people of misery, they will have the deeds of the people of sadness made easy for them. Allah Akbar. And the Prophet now recited this verse, or these verses. Prophet said, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَوْا وَتَّقَوْا وَصَدَّ قَبِلْحُسْنَ فَسَنُ يَسِّرُوا لِلْيُسْرَى the prophet recited these verses of the Quran. As for him who gives charity and has taqwa and believes in Ali Husna, that is in goodness and kindness and excellence, we are going to make smooth for him the path of ease to do goodness. And as for whoever is greedy, and thinks himself as self-sufficient and belies Ali Husna. That means he belies the truth. He belies the truth of doing goodness who will make smooth for him the path towards evil. Allah Akbar. Now you see, whatever thing you do, 
Allah will make it easy for you the path of what he has written for you. Another hadith that further supports this meaning is that Imam Ahmad recorded that Thauban said, Messiah of Allah said, Inna rajula, la yuhramu rizko bidhambi yusibu, wala yaruddul qadara illa dua, wala yazidu fil umuri illa albir. The Prophet said, a man might be deprived of arziki or provision that was written for him because of his sin that he commits. Only supplication, the Prophet said, only supplication, only dua can change kadar. And only righteousness can increase a person's lifespan. That's an Nasai ibn Majah collected this hadith. There's also another hadith recorded in the Sahih that affirms that maintaining family ties of the womb increases the lifespan. I mean, you live longer if you do certain things. Al-Awfi reported that Ibn Abbas said about Allah's statement. Allah says, What does that mean? Allah blots out what he wills in somebody's destiny. Allah erases some part of the person's destiny where youth be true and he establishes and confirms some part of the destiny and with Allah is the mother of the book. That's the book of destiny. In other words, Allah is the one with the pencil and the eraser. There are certain things you will do and Allah will make your path of happiness to be increased for you. And let me make this submission so that Maybe Allah will inspire us to pursue the real path of happiness. Happiness sometimes can be a skill. And I want you to take note of this. Happiness can be a skill. Just like humor can be a skill. A skill is something you can learn. A skill is something you can be better at. A skill is something that can give room for you to be creative. A skill is something you can learn and unlearn and relearn. A skill is also something you can teach others and educate other people. A skill of happiness can begin from your perception of the world around you. The way you see things, the way you learn to look at things, the way you learn to make fun of almost everything, the way you learn to see the humorous side of things, the way you learn to understand the bigger picture of things, the way you learn that this life requires certain scheme, certain wisdom, certain know-how, and certain nowhere for you to be able to achieve success in terms of happiness. It seems it can really help a lot in having what we refer to as internally generated happiness. What you do, how you respond to things, is what they mean by your responsibility. Your ability to respond to things is your responsibility. Your ability to respond is your responsibility. If you can hone in on your ability to respond well to things, perhaps Allah is going to continuously make such things to be easier for you. Allah Akbar. There are some things that will happen and you can just sit down and be crying. You now cry from morning to night and you cry from night to the following morning. It may not change your situation. You can decide to cry that you don't have money and you cry from now to tomorrow. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't bring money and it doesn't make people to give up their own money and give them to you. But if you understand that there are some things, according to one scholar, that are eight things for every individual. There's no doubt about it that you'll experience these eight things. And nothing comes to you except these eight things in one form or the other, in one degree or the other, from one stage to another, and in one circumstance to the other. Sururun, happiness will come to you. Whether you like it or yes, Allah will bring something that will make you happy. If you are now happy, it's entirely your business. Allah will create something that is funny. Whether you laugh or not is your business. 
Just the way Allah will give you the palm tree to make palm oil is your business. Allah will create what is funny. Whether you are going to laugh is up to you. Now, whether you see it as funny or not is entirely your headache. But Allah will bring sururun. Allah will bring happiness, situations, occasions, and circumstances of happiness to you. You can't blame Allah for not creating any. Sururun. There will be that happiness. Wahuznun. There will be sadness also. No matter how good you are, no matter how nice you are, Allah will create something that will make you to be sad. What you now make of that sadness is up to you. Watch the own for you to have wealth put together for you. Watch the own for you to have people gathered together for you. Watch the own for you to have your things intact and in place. Allah will create it for you. It will bring the situation in one form or the other. Wafurko. Sometimes your things will scatter. You will not even be able to gather them. Wealth will scatter. You will spread yourself thin sometimes. Human beings will depart from you. Where, where is your father? Where is your mother? Where is your uncle? Where are your aunts? Where are your grandfathers and your grandmothers? Some of our children too, they have departed. They will be furko. Where are the friends that were growing up together? That we love each other as if we will die without one another. Those who have died have died. Those who have traveled have traveled. Wafuruko. It is something you experience in life. There's nothing you can do about it. It's part of human life. Wausrun wayusrun. There will be there will be difficulty in a person's life. Ausrun will always be there. You will not always find things easy as much as you want. There will be difficulty in terms of attainment. There will be difficulty in terms of delay. There are some natural delays Allah has created. And that's why you see a child, a human being, before a human being will be able to reproduce another human being, there will be a delay of about 15 years minimum. 15 years optimum before you can reproduce yourself as a human being, either as a male or female. So nature has designed it that you have to wait. If you want to travel, there's speed limit to which you can drive to get to where you are going. You have to wait to get there. And there will be certain difficulties you have to feel in life, you have to experience in life, especially if you want to grow, if you want to develop, if you want to learn, if you want to thrive. There are certain difficulties you have to go through. That is the Ostrun that we're all going to face in one form or the other. Then Yustrun, there will be some ease also. Allah will make some things easy, easy for you. And whether you thought about it or not, Allah will just make it easy. Something that other people are struggling to get. You just get it like that. Allah Akbar. Don't you see? Do you know how much it costs to breathe in and out if you're in the hospital on oxygen? But you, you are breathing easily. You don't need any problem. Nothing has blocked your nasal cavity. If you have blocked nose, you know how easy or how difficult it is to breathe sometimes. If you have heavy chest with mucus and what have you, you know how difficult it is to breathe. But for you to do some things, for you to even sweat, is so easy for you. For you to even go to the bathroom and ease yourself, is so easy for you. Allah Akbar. Oh, you are going to find ease. Whether that makes you happy or not is entirely your business. Then, then sickness or illness. At no point in time will a human being be well all through. You'll be sick sometimes. At the time you are sick, whatever you make of that sickness is entirely your business. And then we also have our fear for a person to get well. If you have good health, Allah will give it to you and you have good health. Whether your good health now translates to happiness for you or not is entirely your business. In other words, all of these things still boil, still boil down to our perception. How do you see it? How do you receive it? How do you relate to it? One scholar said, wherever you are planted, bloom there. Wherever you are planted, bloom. If you complain and complain, you see somebody else in your same situation that is happy. And why you are not happy is up to you. In other words, I'm trying to say that, like the Prophet said, anybody that Allah has destined for happiness, Allah will make the path of that happiness to be easy for, for him.
Another hadith of Prophet said, Kulun muyassirun lima khulikala. Everybody will find it easy to do what Allah has created them for. If Allah has created you for happiness, you will find it easy to pursue happiness. The only thing is that we're in kitab. The book of our destiny is with Allah. You cannot tell what Allah has destined for you, but you can tell what you truly want. And nothing can change your destiny except dua. If you call on Allah, Allah, I'm not, I don't want it like this. I'm not satisfied with it like this. Change it for me and do it for me. Then you leave that in the hands of Allah. And finally, where do we find real happiness? Real happiness can only be found in paradise. The ones we have here are just biological changes in our composition. Some of them are just chemical dispositions and compositions in our system. Some of them are real in the sense of this world alone. But in the sense of the hereafter, there is something else entirely. There's one hadith in the Sahih that's recorded that the Prophet of Allah said, Fire you call in the day of judgment. Ya Ahl Jannah, it will be said, all you people of paradise, Inna lakum anta tamutu abadan. From now on, you are going to be here alive, you will never die again. Wa inna lakum anta abada. And in paradise, you will remain young and you will never grow old again. It is here you are going to remain healthy, you will never become ill again. And here in paradise, you will perpetually be happy, you will never grieve again. It is in paradise that Allah has defined the real happiness that is perpetual, the real health that is perpetual, the real youthful age that is perpetual and in paradise you will never die again and the Quran says those who believe in our signs and they were Muslims Allah will say to them all of you should enter into paradise you and your spouses you and your wives you and your husbands tuhbarun enter there in happiness. That is the real happiness that will never end. And Allah says also, Quran chapter 32 verse 17, Allah says, فَلَا تَعْلَمْ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ عَيُّنٍ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُ يَعْمَلُونَ No person knows what is kept hidden for them of joy as a reward for what they used to do. In other words, the real joy is the joy of the hereafter. The real happiness is the happiness of the hereafter. But in this dunya, we must constantly seek out the things of happiness. We must constantly change, rearrange, and re-examine some of the things that make us happy. We must ensure that our perceptions of happiness will not be the same from this moment on. We must begin to be grateful for whatever thing we have. Be grateful for the gift of life. Be grateful for the gift of health. Be grateful for everything. It is that sense of gratitude that can bring the kind of contentment that is positive. It is that contentment that is positive that will make you to look at things in a positive way. And things that people don't see any happiness in it, you begin to see and you begin to notice happiness in everything around you. The cry of a baby is a source of happiness. To wake up in the morning and begin be able to behold the sunlight, the sunrise coming up in the morning, that should be a source of happiness for you. To say that you're able to get up, you are still breathing, you are still thinking, you are still imagining, you can still move around, you can still do things, and you can still feel pain that you are going through, you can still complain about what is wrong with you. These are sources of happiness. That alhamdulillah, I'm even still able to complain. Ah, some people cannot even complain. It is so bad, they can't even complain. Allah Akbar. You know your condition, you know your situation, and you don't like it, be happy that you are even sensible enough to know that you don't like what you have. Allah Akbar. May Almighty Allah give us the sense of contentment, and may Allah give us all the things of happiness, and may Allah give us the wisdom and the insight to be able to see the happiness that we have. The you liyah likaman halaka ambayinatin.
It is one thing that makes some people to be destroyed. That's the same thing that makes some people to be alive. I'm translating that verse to mean it is the thing that some people see and they are sad. Those are the same kind of thing that you see and you are happy. You are looking at the rose and you are complaining that the rose has thorn. No, you should be happy that the thorn is growing into a rose. Your perception may affect your internally generated happiness. Let it be from within you that you are grateful for the gift of everything Allah has given to you. And if you can begin to behold that and you look at things from that viewpoint, it is possible that your happiness will be sustained. It is possible that even when the other one comes, you will get to realize that that is still part of life. If you never felt sad, you never appreciate what it is to feel happy. So when sadness comes, alhamdulillah, that sadness is supposed to enhance and accentuate the happiness that you're supposed to feel afterwards. After every adversity comes ease, after every sadness comes happiness, after every illness comes good health, and after this life comes the life of the hereafter. And And the life of the hereafter is better and is more perpetual. May Allah grant us goodness. May Allah grant us happiness. May Allah ease our task and continue to guide us aright. Akulu kouli hadha. Wastagafullahi wa lakum ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.